Welcome to SAS Talk with Kim, your sustainability action series podcast highlighting how local governments are leading the way toward a more sustainable future. I'm your host, Kim Lundgren. I've spent the last 16 years working for and with local governments to help them create resilient, inclusive, thriving communities. I started this podcast series to connect you with the key people on the ground putting sustainability into action in their communities. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to SAS Talk with Kim. I'm your host, Kim Lundgren, and I'm very excited today to have with us a former client and a good friend, Doug Melnick, the Chief Sustainability Officer with the City of San Antonio. Welcome, Doug. Thank you so much. So, Doug, of course, we go back a ways since your Albany days and my Ickley days, um, but you have been now in the city of San Antonio, Texas, which what I learned working with you is the seventh largest city in the country. And that has always been a surprise every time I tell people that, uh, you guys are quite large and growing. Um, but you've been there about three years now. Give us a little background on sustainability in San Antonio. Sure. And, and thanks for having me. You know, San Antonio has a real long history of, um, uh, addressing sustainability, not necessarily called sustainability, uh, in, in terms of uh, water conservation efforts. Um, our San Antonio water system is, a, is an international leader. Our municipal utility, CPS Energy, is, is all in, in, in renewables and energy efficiency. Uh, but it was never in a real package that this is our sustainability uh, approach. So when I got here three years ago, there, there was a sustainability plan in place called Mission Verde. It was a really, um, I think, a highly recognized plan uh, in, in the uh, sustainability arena because it really looked at the economic aspect of um, sustainability. Uh, and it was developed during the times of the, um, of the, the stimulus. But I, as I looked at it, you know, I, I realized there were some gaps in it. Um, it, it was very much um, a uh, municipally driven plan. There wasn't um, too much in the, in the area of, of the community sector. Uh, we weren't covering the full breadth of, of sustainability. There wasn't anything around, around food or, um, or, or, mobi- or mobility. Um, and there really wasn't a strong community engagement component. There were some, um, but not enough. And, and it also lacked um, measure- measurable indicators, which we think is, is really important. So we use that plan as a, as a jumping off point um, to undertake a, a comprehensive uh, sort of reboot of, of our sustainability plan, which is when we, uh, you know, we were lucky enough to, to bring uh, bring you on uh, to help develop that next plan. It was quite a plan. Uh, you know, this this effort that San Antonio underwent uh, as part of its Essay Tomorrow program. You, you guys were it was kind of all triggered um, with the realization that you were expecting about a million more people to come into San Antonio by 2040. And so there were multiple planning processes happening at the same time. Do you want to talk a little bit about kind of the, the other plans and how we all sure. kind of integrated? Absolutely. And, and it, was a, it was a pretty incredible planning process. So the, the Essay Tomorrow plan consisted of uh, three plans. Uh, um, one was the, the city's comprehensive plan. Uh, the other was a strategic multimodal transportation plan. And, and then there was the sustainability plan. Uh, the, the challenge was it was three separate plans, three separate departments, and three separate consultants. And so a, a lot of effort really went into trying 
to coordinate. And, and, and particularly when you start looking at land use, transportation, and sustainability, there's so much overlap to begin with. So, you know, the, the challenges were um, coordinating the message uh, to try to uh, really avoid planning overkill in the community, um, trying to ensure that we were using common metrics, um, that we were all pushing in the same direction. Um, so it wasn't easy. Uh, the, the, the plans were adopted uh, this past August um, by uh, by city council. Uh, we were successful in, in terms of getting um, some sustainability um, focus in the plans. Um, we, as part of our sustainability plan, we identified some significant cross-cutting themes that we, we thought were of particular interest um, and, and importance to the community, such as uh, equity, resilience, air quality, water security. And we were you know, happy to see the, the comprehensive plan incorporated those into their um, prioritization analysis of their strategies. I think that the challenge going forward is really what does implementation look like, you know, as with any plan. But we, we have this, this really strong foundation, and I, I think there's a real renewed interest of, of the role that, that sustainability plays in, in the long-term growth of the community. Yeah, absolutely. And I, that's... Uh... It, it's overwhelming, I think, when you step back and think about how much the city was trying to do at the same time right. and really thinking about why you were needing to do that. Um, so I think it's, you know, really was a successful effort. Um, and you've mentioned that, you know, you're moving on to implementation. And I definitely want to talk about that because that's an important topic for folks. But just before we get into that, you know, being in Texas, it's not always easy to have a conversation around climate change. Um, but you guys have been able to do that pretty well through sustainability and talking particularly with respect to climate impacts uh, and community resilience. But talk a little bit about why it is so important to have those conversations on climate uh, in San Antonio and then how you guys have really been able to successfully bring that conversation to the table. Right, and and that and that was a real strategic part uh, of how we we developed the plan. When I, when I got here three years ago, there 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 wasn't really any conversations going on um, around climate. Um, it, it just wasn't really thought about, and I and I think that the reason is we've been fairly. Um, um, safe from from those significant impacts we're, you know we're not we're not a, a coastal community um, seeing the impacts of of sea level rise um, you know we're in, in, in south central Texas it's always hot um, and, and so trying to bring up those those potential impacts don't necessarily resonate so when I got here it was really about just trying to begin the conversation um, and, and and try to normalize um, uh, climate in in our in our discussions and our decision making and, and and why is it important? You know, as a part of the sustainability plan, we did do a um, vulnerability assessment, and uh, you know, things are going to be more challenged. We we you know, we're in we're in um, flash flood alley, and so we do experience significant uh, floods that 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 really provide a significant impact to property as well as as, as potential loss of of life, and that's going to get worse. Um, this past, uh, not too long ago, three or four months ago, we, we experienced four um, uh, F1 tornadoes that touched down in, um, uh, at one time. It's not 
unheard of. Uh, you know, we've had tornadoes in the past, but never that many at once. And so it begs the question, is that going to continue? So it was something that we saw that there was real impact. And so the approach that we took was, um, you know, I think we were very much aware that we couldn't lead with a, a climate action plan or, or having climate out front in terms of the sustainability plan. So it was how do we incorporate that through the plan. And so there's definitely some strategies that, that do um, uh, raise the concept of climate resilience, um, uh, the, the need to start looking at climate, but it really came with the, the, providing some foundation foundational um, uh, documents in the appendices. So we, we, we did do the greenhouse gas inventory for municipal and, and the community sector. Uh, we did conduct a, a climate trends analysis with, with Dr. Catherine Hayhoe that just looked at uh, you know, historic climate trends and then, and then tapped into the national climate assessment and then conducted a, a climate vulnerability um, assessment. So it didn't necessarily hit climate head on, but that inform information was there. And, and it really did lead to conversations with the community and the city council wanting to learn more about, well, what does this have to do with climate? What are we doing with climate? And it's really led us to actually being positioned to, to do some more serious climate work. And you mentioned that, um, you mentioned Catherine Hayhoe, and I was so glad that we were able to secure her to, yeah. to engage on this project. Um, you know, with what we're seeing now as far as funding threats and support to climate research at the federal level, you know, talk a little bit about just your perspective on, you know, having someone like Dr. Hayhoe on the project and, and being able to have that research for this effort. Right. And and Dr. Hayhoe is, is, is an amazing um, um, orator on, on climate. I mean, she, she definitely uh, can speak to um, uh, people in a way that really, um, I, I feel like resonates with them. And so, you know, what, what we had asked her to do, you know, it, we didn't have the budget or, or I think the, 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 the real buy-in to say, well, let's do some real long-term um, climate modeling to see what these future impacts are going to be. But what can we do, you know, in terms of, again, getting our foot in the door? So, so what she was able to do was, was, you know, not just look at the national climate assessment for the region, um, which is incredibly large, um, but also just looked at um, uh, temperature and, and climate data from the, the San Antonio International Airport. And it was only for a period of 1950 to, to, to 2000, and it, you know, showed modest um, trends, but it showed something and it showed local data. Um, this wasn't data that was um, uh, just at this regional level that was easily dismissed, but it did show that, yes, it's getting warmer. Um, we're, we're getting more, um, uh, you know, hotter nights and, and hotter days, and there's more variability in, in precipitation. And the fact that we could attach to it, yeah, this is from our airport. Uh, I think people couldn't dismiss it. And, and again, it, it, allowed us to move the conversation forward as opposed to saying, well, we're going to spend you know, $80,000 and do um, an entire, entire um, modeling program when we didn't have any buy-in for that. So I think, it's, it's, I think our approach, and pretty much wherever I've worked, it's about you, know, you need to assess your community, um, where you're at, um, you know, at the community level as well as politically, and, and how do you start moving the needle forward. 
That is really a great tip for our listeners, um, just being realistic. Like, of course, we all want to dive into those deep studies and get all the data. But if you're if you're not bringing your your leadership and your community and your colleagues along for the ride, like you said, it's it's really it's a wasted exercise. And um, I think that was definitely the right approach for for San Antonio. So, and and just to, and just yeah. to say, you know, jump in, you know, you you also helped us in Albany um, when yeah. back in Albany, New York, when we did our our sustainability plan, and and it, it's it was a similar process where it was very incremental. Um, but looking back now, after being gone for three years, they've actually begun implementing these things. So yeah, I think it's have. again, it's looking, it's looking, you know, the long, the long game. You know, you don't want to be over aggressive and have nothing stick. Um, so I think you know, again, it's just being being pragmatic yeah absolutely uh and i am happy to see that things are moving in in albany as well as in san antonio so uh in summary so end result of your your sustainability planning process you know just give our listeners a sense of like what some of the the core issues and goals that were covered in the plan right and and i think that's always the challenge with sustainability there's there's so much there and um you know so you 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 finish your plan and it's time to implement and you just look at where you know where do you even start so you know the the plan covered um energy food system you know land use and transportation uh air water i mean anything you can think of and so basically as we've been and it was it was adopted um last August um, in, in 2016, and, and so I think it was really trying to uh, assess what the community priorities were and what, what the city council's priorities were, and one of them that really jumped up at the top was air quality. Um, you know, we're, the, we're the last big city in the country that's still in attainment of, of ozone standards, and, and pending what happens with the, e, with the EPA as far as when they're actually going to, to take action, you know, we're always on that precipice for, for, for hitting non-attainment. So we've really focused on a lot of air quality related items. Um, the other big thing that we were sort of looking for was um, we, we, were, we had um, a, a mayoral election uh, that just um, was, was completed this past month. And so really trying to get ahead of, well, what possible direction would we go um, with with either the current mayor or, or, the, or the new mayor. So, um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, there was a lot of that going on. And then I think the other thing that we're doing that we're really focusing on implementation is, is where can we leverage existing um, internal resources and external resources? You know, we're a small department. Um, we do a lot of facilitation. So when we, when we went through the, the plan, we really wanted to look at, what other departments were working on components of the plan and what other external partners were and and really trying to figure out how do we start knitting those together to start showing progress in the plan. So that's sort of where we are right now. Um, I think the other real component that we're looking on moving forward with is in the area of resilience. Um, And the opportunity we have with this is um, our, our planning department is going to be um, undertaking some major um, planning initiatives around growth centers um, that were identified during their comprehensive plan process. So how do we start incorporating our sustainability objectives in their process and, and, and trying to use whether it's an eco-district approach or um, some sort of resilience lens, how do we start making sure that we're, we're focusing on 
sustainability and implementation at that either that neighborhood or that district level. So it's a lot of just trying to figure out how do we start uh, aligning efforts to, to move the needle. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in kind of in line with that, it's I'm curious about kind of the overall community engagement aspect of as you're going through the implementation phase, you know, what foundations were laid during the planning process that have maybe helped you continue to have some successes with implementation and, you know, despite some of the challenges you mentioned, including leadership change, which can always be a challenge, um, you know, is there a foundation laid or, you know, something that's been helping keep momentum going? Yeah, and that's and and and, you, and as you know, engagement's the key to to everything. And and so you know when we we developed our sustainability plan, we had a very small budget, um, and and at the same time a very high bar of what we wanted to accomplish. Uh, you know, I, I think we definitely wanted to get beyond. Um, just those folks who would show up to a meeting. And so, you know, again, working with those resources, really trying to, 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 to get into the community and not simply relying on, on email or, or web-based applications. So I, I think we were successful um, building relationships with key partners in the community. Uh, you know, I think you, you mentioned earlier, you know, we're huge. Uh, you know, we're one point four million people people over about four hundred sixty five square miles. So how do you develop or continue a robust engagement process? So you know, and I think that's something that I, I feel like the city is having that conversation, the city organization in general. Um, how do we make sure that that we are um, having discussions that are really considering considering equity and and um, being inclusive. And so you know, as we're planning on moving forward with with some climate work um, under our new mayoral um, and, and council leadership, you know, really at that core is how do we how do we do it, and and how do we make sure that we're we're getting um, you know all parts of the community. So again, it it comes down to what methods. Um, you know, how do we um, you know find those those trusted partners in in the, in the community and actually work with them? And I think the big opportunity we have is. This past year, um, the, the city hired a, uh, a, a faith-based coordinator in our Department mm. of, of Human Services, and she had held and coordinated a, a meeting um, probably about a month ago focused on resilience, um, and I had never even met her yet. I just saw this, <laughs> this event, and I went, and there must have been close to 100 people from the faith-based community there, and, wow. and I went up to her and said, for years, I've been in this field for you know 15 years, and I've never been able to tap into um, that community. So I think it's really about finding out who you can partner with, mm-hmm. and, and so um, because we'll never have the resources or the the, the, the staff um, reach to get where we need to go. But again, um, you know, are there internal resources that we can we can work with? And and I think the other thing is particularly when we start looking at the the you know the parts of the community that have, have felt neglected over time, it's taken three years to start building the trust back um, with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it's going to take time uh, because uh, just like, like most, if not all cities, uh, there's a long history of, of disinvestment and, and um, really sort of the, the, the feeling of a lack of, of delivering services um, in an equitable manner. So I think it's, Again, you know, what we've been doing is trying to find other city 
partners who are in the same mindset and trying to coordinate um, to to leverage what we're doing. So we we have a new chief equity officer. We have you know, have our our um, faith based coordinator. Our our health department is is involved in this space, our Office of Emergency Management. We all sort of working in the same area, um, and there's so much overlap, but how can we coordinate and, and leverage what we're doing to get more impact and more aware, awareness from, from leadership? So it's, it's, I think a lot of what we're trying to do is just try to mobilize in one direction. Yeah, and you brought up some really great points. I think, um, you know, two things that struck me. One is I was really thrilled that through the sustainability planning process, we were able to engage a lot of those, you know, not so usual suspects, the folks who who were hard to engage. And a lot of that was, you know, from your Spanish speaking staff being willing to go to, um, you know, markets on Saturday and talk to people. And we rode buses and, uh, you know, went to the the homeless shelter. I mean, having yeah. conversations with everybody, I think, is exactly what you're saying. Trying to have that open conversation, let them know you're there, and start rebuilding that trust. And I think that's so right. essential for for moving forward um, for the next phase. Um, right, and and that's and that's absolutely absolutely it. Because you know, the reality is, you know, I, I think we know the community. Um, gets it they may not get it in the same terms that we use but they they get it and they they support it and they and they want action but until we talk to them and capture it and and have them um have some ownership of it and then also to demand it um Mm -hmm. uh, of their of their representatives um i don't think action will will happen as quickly but and, and again you know my entire career the engagement is the most difficult part because you can't uh it's it's difficult to sustain. Um, but in, in every conversation I have around engagement, there's nothing that's going to be going out and talking to somebody. But um, how do you do that on, mm-hmm. on an ongoing basis? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're so beyond the, hey, come to City Hall for a meeting. I mean, that is just so much right. of a waste of time. You really right. have to get people's interest in the places that they're interested in being, right? Capture their attention. Right. And, you know, the other thing I wanted to mention that, that you had mentioned, I just kind of want to highlight it, is really this, almost the role of the sustainability office. And, of course, you talked about these other partnerships um, in recognizing that you can't do it all yourself um, and your team can't do it alone. And, and I almost think that's, that's like the right role for the sustainability office is almost right. to be that conduit, right, to, whether it's to um, a resource or to another department or whoever to science, you know, it's like trying to play that almost coordination role is the right role. I think far too often, you know, it's so easy for the other departments to say, oh, well, we have the sustainability office now, they're doing it all. And that's completely the wrong approach to community sustainability. Everybody needs to be integrating it into their actions. So I think where the the foundation that you've laid in your three years there is going to you know, in already is sounds like showing some dividends yeah. as far as making those connections and people taking ownership over the the opportunities to create that more sustainable community. Right. You know, and, and a couple couple things on that. One is, you know, for for anybody out there who's in a sustainability office or a similar office, 
you know, the key is, I, I feel like, diversifying what you're doing and what you're offering and, and building value. Um, you know, when I first got to San Antonio, my first you know, meeting with, with some council members, there was some of them didn't think there was value in um, having a sustainability office. And so, you know, over time, you know, we've, we've been able to diversify where we're, we are the air quality um, office uh, or we are the, you know, the environmental policy office where we, we've become uh, a go-to resource. I think the challenge in, in, in you know, that as well as being the facilitator is how do you quantify success? You know, so trying to look at, well, what have I accomplished this year? How do you quantify all of that um, departmental support um, or facilitation? Um, it, it's that, and that's still something that we're trying to figure out. Because uh, I think there's, we definitely do view ourselves as sort of being these sustainability consultants for departments. Um, mm -hmm. But how do you how do you measure that and show that value when not all of it's going to lead to a particular result? Um, uh, whether it's a, a new policy or, or a project, a lot of it is just general awareness building and trying to move the organization um, in, in the right direction. So that's one of the things that we're still trying to, to, to figure out. How do we measure um, that which doesn't have that obvious impact? Mm -hmm. Well, I guess one way is uh, having no city councilors say you, you don't have a role. <laughs> Correct. Right? The fact that your office still exists is one good benchmark. <laughs> exactly. So that's the, the fact that we keep getting budgeted is, is always a positive. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 in value. It's, it's if we're not doing it and we're we're not doing the work, it's not getting done. And and I definitely look at sustainability offices just around the country in general as being the you know your organization's conscience you know this is what we should mm -hmm. be doing um mm -hmm. and everyone else is in their silo doing their thing and somebody's got to be there trying to to connect people um and and look for efficiencies looking at ways of being more equitable um because you know, if there's nobody shining a light on it, it's not going to get done. And, and it's not easy work. It's, it's really challenging. But, um, you know, I think you know, every, every so often you get some, some, some good accomplishments and, and it's, it's definitely worth it. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that's exactly why, I mean, the whole point that you're making that this is really hard work. It is. And that is why, in my opinion, that folks like you and I that have been in this field for so long, you know, this is like a life's passion. We don't look at this as a, another job. Uh, you have right. a deep commitment to the bigger goals of a, you know, of a healthier, safer, equitable planet. Uh, that that's what drives you because you can't just come into this thinking it's a nine to five job. You you'll never be successful. There's just too many right. hurdles. Um, right. So. You've been doing this in San Antonio for three years. Obviously, you had been in Albany for way more than that. Um, if someone, you know, if you had an opportunity to talk to your 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 former self, you know, ten years ago, what what would be, you know, one of the tips or key takeaways that you what would you share with that that? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> uh, oh wow. Um, you know, I think. You know, I, I think I would reiterate to myself the the need to be um, um, cautious in moving forward and, and you know, being really aware of of um, what the you know again the the political realities are and work within that. I think the one thing I would say is be a little more aggressive 
you know, I think you can sometimes get bogged down too much in that, that pragmatism. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think trying to, to balance that, um, that, that farther reaching with the pragmatism, um, because I think, you know, you can become too cautious sometimes. Um, I think, I think getting experience um, and good management is invaluable. Uh, you know, you re- you rely on working with uh, either you know, staff that you are responsible for or working with other departments. Um, you know, management skills aren't something that um, I was taught. I think it's something that I just learned over the years from from you know, seeing good management as opposed to bad management. But take advantage of just learning how to manage um, and and work with people um, because you're not going to get anything done yourself. Uh, and, and so really knowing what a good manager is is would only would only help. Um, um, it took me a long time to learn, and I'm still learning. But that's something that um, I would I would have told my old self. <laughs> and then I think the other thing is I think just really just you know, continue to be to be positive as much as possible, particularly in the face of of how difficult the work is. You know, I, I always told myself the reason why I was in local government was because we needed people inside local government who were trying to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if we if we we go away, who's who's left? Um, and 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 definitely local government is is right there, boots on the ground, trying to deliver um, uh, you know the quality of life and the services. And, and local governments are going to be the ones that are going to have to respond to to what we're expecting long term. So, um, uh, you know, again, it's not easy, but it, there's probably no more uh, important work out there because, you know, as, as I tell people here in San Antonio, you know, the, the challenges that we have now, whether it's affordable housing or public safety or, or public health, it's just going to get more challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, those those problems aren't going to to get better due to um, climate change, and so the sooner that we 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 try to get a handle on it and move in the right direction, it's it's going to help everybody um, deliver those services for 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 their constituents. Well, and that's definitely a good message to to live by and uh, and to probably end the podcast on. So, all right, this has been really great, Doug. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. Yeah, thank you so much. I wish you guys a ton of luck as you continue the implementation of your Essay Tomorrow Sustainability Plan, and we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining this episode of SAS Talk with Kim. You can listen to other podcasts in our Sustainability Action Series at sastalkwithkim.com. Remember that action is the key to your community's sustainable future. What will you act on today?